Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stoltzfus, your host, along with Mike Steven and Tanner Vernon. And we are wrapping up this exciting adventure here in Colorado. Um, this will be the final, I guess the last and final, uh, of our exciting mule deer podcast. If you hadn't listened to the uh if you hadn't listened to the, sorry about that, I had to, just took a big old fat chew. Uh, if you hadn't listened to the old uh, part one and part two, you need to, because there's some exciting stories. Kind of brings you up to full, or at least brings you to full, to what would it be, day five, final day. And that's where we're at. Uh, we're here. Mikey's, uh, if you hear him clinking in the background, he's putting cameras together and taking them apart and cleaning them out and media management and all that stuff that goes along with what we love to do. So, uh, Tanner, what did you think about today? Uh, it was it was awesome. We saw a lot of good country, saw some good deer, some really good deer, and uh, yeah, there's no, no complaints. We had a plan this morning. We wanted to head in early on the uh, ranger and get back into some country that we have been glassing a couple of different bucks uh, from pretty far off. I mean, how far off do you think when we first saw flyers? We were, what, two, two and a half miles away? Yeah. Yeah, we were uh, well over a mile. I don't know how far, really. Two and a half miles sounds better, so we'll stick with that. Yeah. It's our story, and we're telling it, by golly. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind uh, of we kind of rolled in to this uh, area going through some of the country we have been hunting, and there was quite a few people there, again. Um, so we just kept rolling. Yep. Um, there's this one basin that we've seen deer in constantly. Matter of fact, tonight we saw deer there again and uh there's a couple guys we knew about that were still trying to fill tags and they uh were parked there ready to commence shooting yep so we rolled through uh and uh and then looked for beamer which is the buck that we had the encounter with on day two two and have looked for extensively and have not found. Um, and then as we started to roll past there, we got into the country where a buck we call flyers we had seen, and another buck that we really were excited about that we had glassed up the third day uh, in the morning just happened to catch him going over the ridge, and he was a really big four-point. Yeah, he was awesome. He was a, a stud. He's just one of those deer that you you see him and it's it's just impressive. Yep. He's 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 not doesn't have the deepest forks, but he's got good forks. He's 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 wide, not super wide, but he's but he's heavy. Yeah, real tall, heavy, wide enough. I mean, his forks are pretty dang good. I think his. G4 on the right side is 
you know, over 10 inches and with mass and, you know, it is a huge frame. He's a big deer. He's, I mean, he's got to be a 190s typical right. deer. Um, no or, eye guards. Uh, Did he? I don't know. Let me look at a picture of him real quick. I don't, I don't remember seeing eye guards. Um, so those are kind of the two bucks we were looking for. Now, I'm going to take a second and talk a little bit more about this hunt. When we went into this hunt, we had the idea that um, you can't see the eye guards on this picture. I'm looking at my phone because of the fact that his ears are in the way now. I can't see if he has eye guards at all. I don't think he does. Um, anyway, when we started talking about this hunt and, and we got here and we were throwing around some ideas of we wanted to kill a 200-inch buck. Um, that's what people say, especially about this uh, hunt that's as special as this. Right. And one of the things you and I talked about, Tanner, was 200 is just a number. Yep. What's really important was, uh, you know, the, the wow factor. That's what I call it, the wow factor. I think we stayed true to that. Yeah. Um, you know, we definitely uh, had some bucks that were would score really good mm-hmm. that we didn't shoot um, because they just they were good bucks. They were great bucks, but they just didn't have the wow factor. And in this unit, we had the ability to be a little bit more picky. Right. And so um, going over there, these are the two bucks that we really would, we drop the hammer on in a heartbeat. Yeah. So we get in there and it had snowed just enough to make it a little slick. But we saw that somebody had pulled in in front of us and we ran into a couple of guys that were awesome. We got to sat and we, you know, we got to sit and talk with them for, oh, probably an hour. Yeah. And uh, and uh, they actually had passed on flyers the day before. They thought about it, but they'd passed on it. And and these guys are hardcore guys. I mean, these guys know mule deer. Uh, you know, they all hunt quite a bit yeah and that they knew also that that uh, other typical was in there and they were kind of that's why they were in there they were looking for that buck so but yeah so we get there and they've got flyers just around the, the corner and he's actually just below some private ground and we him hot around quite a bit until they finally said well why don't you just go over there and shoot that buck and I wanted to I did want to I mean, I definitely wanted to go shoot that buck, but I also didn't want to go and step on their toes. Right. They were in there first. They found the buck. I don't want to come in and, you know, and they're like, well, we're not going to shoot him, but we'd like to watch you shoot him because <laughs> we want to ground check him. Yeah. So um, we got our stuff ready and and uh, Tanner and, and Mikey and I kind of just worked up over the ridge and popped out on top of them and they were a little closer than I thought originally I thought they were going to be about 200 250 yards away and they were 170 I think you ranged yeah and uh, 
I am not, never claimed to be uh, the best rifle hunter. I just don't shoot rifles that much. And I, I enjoy the heck out of it, but I just don't do it a lot. And so I tried to, <laughs> first, when I first saw him, I tried to get down and get my little bog pod, you know, shooting sticks in in order. And I was too low. There was too much sage uh, and brush. So I had to move a little bit closer. By then, of course, they'd spotted us too, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, you, uh, well, t- t- what was it like from your angle? Because you guys were behind me. You were set- You were setting up the long lens and Mikey was running the other camera. Yeah. I mean, I could tell they had been further away from the fence um, before we started. But as we popped over, they were... I mean, right up against the fence, pretty much. Do you think that they, I'm sure they heard us. I mean, crunchy snow. Um, do you think that, that that they, when we first saw them, they were actually walking down towards us? Yeah. But then they pretty much made a beeline for hopping over the yeah, fence. Yeah, and I don't know if it's that or, the, you know, uh, that buck's just running does around and stuff. So, I mean, it could have just been that he ran her close to the fence and they happened, I mean, they could have been moving down you know in general but i mean they're kind of running all over the place at this point those deer um says the rut is pretty it's in full swing i'd say um and that's that same chunk of private that we had the encounter with beamers where i could have shot him with the bow but he would have jumped the fence yeah you know within 20 yards just because and it just wasn't worth the risk um so where we're hunting these deer um they they don't know it's private but but they go up and they they're safe there and then they come filter back out and feed and and especially the rut gets them moving all over but we saw a lot of deer that were right on that on that boundary yeah yeah and i I think it has a lot to do with the um vegetation and stuff that is there because the blm kind of ends uh kind of at the top part of the cedars there um, and there's definitely not as much feed in that country even though they do they do like to use that um as you know cover bedding area whatever um but i think more of the good feed and the good habitat is up on top and that's just happens to be where the ranch is um so they kind of move back and forth a little bit, but it's right on the edge of that line where the cedars kind of give way to sage and some other brush. And, uh, but yeah, they were definitely, definitely hugging that line pretty good. So I finally got set up and had this, the, the buck in my scope and I hadn't even taken the gun off safety. And I looked back just to make sure you guys were set up, kind of got the thumbs up. And, and then by the time I got, you know everything ready and clicked it off safety and started to square up on the buck and i think you even told me 170 yards which was basically put the crosshairs on them and and squeeze the trigger yep um and i couldn't get steady um so i was fiddle farting around with my with my shooting sticks the the bog pod you know three there's a three-legged and it's it's actually once you get it set it's it's pretty pretty sturdy and i couldn't get couldn't get steady and then then he moved and i didn't have a shot i had to you know he kind of moved the angle and so then i tried to move again and 
And then before long, he just jumped the fence. Yeah, yeah, I, I whistled at him, and he, uh, I, I don't remember if he stopped or not, but he was right down the, at the, on the fence at that point, and it was, it was all over. Yeah. So. So I put safety back on, and. Yeah, I mean, that was an opportunity, much like the other opportunity was with Beamers. I I could have rushed a shot, yeah, and I just didn't feel comfortable. And I'm I'm not when when I'm shooting a bow. Honestly, I know when I'm solid, and I can get there pretty rapidly because I've shot, you know I shoot all the time, right? And I I would imagine with a rifle you do the same thing, yeah. You know, you know where everything is. You you know, uh, you know your adjustments. If you're shooting a, a scope like this, is I'm shooting Lane Walter's. Uh, Lane Walter got a, a new Christensen Arms with a, a you know, it's a beautiful gun. Beautiful gun. It's six point five Creedmoor. It's the one that Avery shot her buck with uh, yeah. in Wyoming. My daughter, and um, it's a phenomenal gun. And but it is. Uh, it's a little different than my my grandpa's gun, you know, and uh, uh, so I, th- that one was kind of on me, um, because that was one buck that I think we'd all decided we were going to shoot. Yeah, yeah, um, and and he he, I don't know, he wasn't the biggest buck we saw, I don't think, but he had a really nice frame. He had that cheater. Um, that flyer, about five inches or so there. Yeah, and he's just an impressive deer. Like he, that deer, which they they always say, you know, never judge a mule deer walking away from you. And, uh, you know, we got all angles of him, but that buck from the back, it was a super impressive. Yeah. Um, so, he, I mean, he was just a super nice buck. Yeah. So I was a little bummed about that, and and then we came down, and of course it's you know you walking back, and uh, the guys were you know kind of excited to let me go shoot that buck, and and uh, you know kind of stepped out of to the side to to let me sneak in there, and and then I'd go in there and and don't make a bang. Yeah. So uh, that was a bummer. That was a bummer. But uh, you know it, it was a great opportunity, and I just. You know, I didn't feel, I didn't, things didn't come together. So uh, being that it's the last day, we decided we'd go ahead and move through some more country. The the guys, they were, they were looking for another specific buck and they headed out. And uh, so we actually started moving through some more country and, and just happened. I think we had just stopped and we were glassing and you looked back. Yeah, I looked back in the general area that uh, that, that buck had been in earlier um, and I actually glassed up one of his antlers, uh, from behind the cedar and, you know, I didn't know it was him at, right away, but, uh, he stepped out from behind a cedar and he's quite a ways up there. And, you know, sure enough, it was the same buck that we had gotten on. And, and so, it, and you thought he'd already jumped the fence and was, was actually back on public, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I thought he, I thought he had, um, the way it's, it was super hard to tell. Um, there's an old fence in there and it is, it's on public and 
it looked like he was standing by that old fence, but I the angle of the hill must have been just right to where, you know, that, that depth, it was hard to tell how far he was from that fence. and Or maybe he, he, he very well could have been on public at that point um, and then crossed back over. Uh, by the time we, we uh, once I spotted him, we went back around to where we had started kind of and we were able to pick him up again, so... And then we found ourselves in another waiting game, just like with Beamer, where he has a doe and they're on the other side of the fence. And there was one point where the doe he was with was literally standing on the fence. Yeah. Line. Yep. On the private, but on, I mean, and all she, all she has to do is duck under or, or jump over. Yeah. And so we were just ready at a moment's notice, notice to to put our you know put a plan of attack in and go and, and have another shot at that amazing flyer you know buck with the flyers, and um, we sat there all afternoon. Yeah, we sat there quite a while, which was really cool because in the middle of that we were seeing other deer come into the picture because we we're set up kind of at an angle. And we're looking up this draw, and they're bedded, or they were milling around. And all of a sudden, the big four shows up. Yeah, yeah, I was... I mean, just out of the blue. I was glassing. Uh, I had my binos on on that fire buck, and he kind of postured up a little bit and started walking to the left, so I'm following him. And then kind of out of nowhere um this other buck comes into my uh field of view from from the left and they kind of pass each other and i'm like and i looked and i was like oh that's a you know that's a pretty nice buck and then i didn't look at him very much through my binos i went ahead and jumped on the spotting scope and i'm like holy crap that is a sweet deer you even told me hey i think we should shoot this deer yeah you were like this is the deer we need to shoot yeah. and, and we thought it was going to actually go, you know go to work in our advantage because you know if he comes in there and they get in a fight then one of them got might get run off and run down and at this juncture i'm willing to shoot either one of those bucks yeah because they were both bucks that we'd seen before and both bucks that we all agreed were quality yeah yeah and he's you know they kind of it looked like they were gonna you know maybe lock up for a second they're real close together um but he definitely and that flyer buck is i mean he's not a slouch he's i would say he's in the 180s um for sure and maybe better but and this buck was definitely bigger this buck was i mean he was 190s or <laughs> or better and he's just a straight four point he was a really really cool deer yeah and so that was a big yawn see we're all tired we are wore out we didn't even leave tonight we're sit, sitting back in the motel room just because we went and had some pasta and just 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 wore out it's been a it's been a fun five days but it's been a long five days yeah so then we we sit there and we're watching this unfold and the 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 big four you know kind of steps aside i mean doesn't really 
posture back that much and he stands there and and watches that other buck uh push this doe around and then he just turns and walks off yeah and over the sky uh, the skyline which uh, you were you were doing your uh, the phone scope yeah, and, I got a sweet phone scope oh, video of him man. walking, walking on the, the skyline. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, I'll grace the internet with that eventually. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so at that at this juncture, all we're doing is praying that this doe that he's with is going to cross the fence and he's going to follow. And we wait, and we wait, and we wait. We It, it was really kind of cool because a few more bucks showed up, small ones. And he'd run them off. And, um, and then, as the afternoon wore on, he mounted that doe three or four times. And um, so I was surprised if that doe was so ready to breed that that bigger buck you know, uh, that heavy, heavy four point didn't move in and try and take over. But, you know, you, you never know the pecking order. Yeah. Um, just because they have the biggest antlers don't doesn't, you know, and seem like they're the biggest buck doesn't mean that they're the most dominant. Yeah. And I mean, that's not like the flyer buck was a, you know, he, he was a mature deer for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. And he was, he was fairly heavy on his backs and stuff and just had a, you know pretty good body and so I'm, they're not body wise they weren't much different um the two bucks so yeah but we had to come we came to a realization that finally we had to move and we uh loaded up the does had started feeding up the hill away from the private and public boundary. Yep. And so we said, okay, let's go. And and we did. We we, we said sayonara, good luck, <laughs> God bless you, and we loaded up and we headed back to try and either get eyes on uh, Beamer uh, or find another good buck. And uh, and we did. We did find. We found a couple more deer, but nothing that was, you know, in the category of. Of what we were looking to shoot on this hunt. Yeah. And I, I want to take a second and talk about that a little bit because we did some Instagram stuff and I was posting and having people follow along. And one of the things I said was, you know, if you're last day and you, do you just shoot any buck to fill your tag or do you eat your tag? And it was interesting, the response. I think we were... 75 percent or more said just shoot any buck mm-hmm. yeah I'm, which i mean i i don't necessarily agree with <laughs> well but there is a the idea okay why do we why do we shoot a deer you're looking for the adventure you're looking for the trophy you're looking for the meat right i have I've been really blessed this season. I have I actually bought a second freezer because I have have so much meat. Um, been talking to people about, hey, come on over to the house. I gotta 
I got to I got to make some room for some, and I got another deer at the processor right now. So I think we were. I didn't need the meat. I wanted to kill a buck of a lifetime or the one we, we've been kind of using that analogy. That this is the one possibly the best biggest you know bruiser i was ever going to have a chance to kill right that was our goal so just to shoot any buck that would just be another buck that i killed versus something i've already had opportunities i've already passed these deer and we talked about it earlier when you pass a deer most likely or very likely somebody else is going to kill that deer yeah and we did we saw that happen we passed four or five bucks and those four or five bucks we passed they all got shot right they all got shot so if you're going to stick to your guns shoot the first day what you'd shoot the last well we stuck to our guns and I, I, if my freezer was empty, then I would have taken something else. Maybe, maybe tried to shoot an old three point that was more of a management deer. Because in a hunt like this, those deer aren't going to get shot. Right. Because when it's taken you 18 years to draw the tag, you're not going to shoot a 140 inch three point. Right. Even though that's a pretty decent sized three point. You're going to shoot a 170-inch four-point if you're, if you're really struggling, right? And, and we didn't want to do that. So with all of those factors in, in play, I could have shot a deer. I could have shot a buck today. Yeah. And we chose not to. I, I, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around <laughs> Yes, I am a horrible trophy hunter because I, uh, if I was normally hunting the way I normally hunt, I would have killed the first day. Yep. And I would have killed, you know, a 180-inch deer. Right. Yeah, a nice deer for sure. Well, a great deer. And here I sit, end of the day, last day, and I never pulled the trigger. Yep. And yet, it's one of the best hunts I've ever been on. I People are going to think I'm crazy, but for me, I have a couple things I do. I have to produce, you know, this adventure for the show. And we've done that. But we've even done it without a kill because of the amount of animals. The the ability, hunting is, is finding and getting in position and we we did all that but we just didn't pull the trigger yeah because we decided not to not because we didn't have the opportunity big difference there i don't know if i'm making sense or if i'm just babbling but i'm, I'm trying to explain to people why i didn't shoot something when i could have killed a deer but for me it almost maybe i felt a little bit like it would have been disrespectful but although it wouldn't have because I have a license and it's totally legal, and but I just didn't need to just go kill another deer. Yeah. Yeah, it's 
I mean, it's it's easy to to despair when you get towards the end of a hunt, and I'm I imagine you know it's more so after you know an 18 year wait, um, you know that you haven't you haven't harvested or you haven't killed anything, and so it's definitely a tough thing to do to not not shoot a buck. And we saw that the third day, didn't we? We sh- people started piling into the areas where it was highly concentrated with deer, although not the high quality of deer. But a lot of these guys went in there, and we'd looked through this early on and passed on these bucks, and these mm-hmm. guys came in and shot them. Yeah, because they didn't want to go home empty-handed. Right. Which I don't blame them. I'm not. I'm not knocking what they did. Um, I could have been one of those guys. I just didn't want my hunt to end. I, yeah. uh, somebody told me this a long time ago and it's so true you will never kill a big a really big deer let's let's use the 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 benchmark of 180 you'll never kill a 180 inch deer if you only if you always shoot the 150s right someone told me that why because i always shoot the 150s that's because <laughs> that's the first deer i see now maybe one hunt i'll show uh, a 180 will be the first deer i see and I'll shoot it. Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a bow hunter or, or a hunter of opportunity. Yep. And, and and that's there's nothing wrong with that. But on this hunt, I really tried to put my Jason Carter hat on, my my Drummond Lindsay hat on, my Tanner Vernon hat on, and <laughs> literally look at this through the eyes of an opportunity versus a. Uh, having to produce right but the difference also tanner i think was we were seeing the quality we were seeing these great deer and we were able to show them get video of them and when i'm telling a story of a hunt it's hard when you you don't you see two deer the whole time and you don't shoot them right well you're a bad hunter yeah no It, it wasn't it wasn't the case we were choosing not to shoot these deer so I hope that makes sense to to the listeners and and for for me if you're if you're around that eight, if you're a resident and you're around that eighteen point what is it for non like twenty three twenty four something like yeah. that something crazy you know I I encourage you uh, you know look at some of the units in Colorado because those higher end preference point units are really something special yeah yeah when you can especially when you can hum during the rut. Yeah, I mean, because you can hunt this earlier, but it's just not the same. No, yeah, and you're, I mean, there's still some giant deer in here um, at all times of year, but it's, you know, it helps a lot when their mind is off of survival survival, and it's on does. Yeah. It definitely changes stuff. Right. But we talked about this earlier. There's some habitat management uh, Mule Deer Foundation did. And the amount of does that are in there, it's phenomenal uh, habitat. And there was a reason so many bucks were in there because all the does were in there. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I've never been on a hunt where I saw the amount of does. And then, of course, with those does came the, the bucks. So, yeah. Mikey, you got anything to add? Mikey's working. Mikey's working hard. He's 
getting stuff organized and he's been he's he's been a part of it but uh took his headphones off so he could actually get some stuff done um, what are your thoughts on this <clears throat> Uh, pretty much all I can say is, wow, like to see that number of deer in that, you know, class range of animal that you, you, most guys just dream Mm -hmm. to be able to see a deer that big and we're passing them, you know, every day. Looking at 180 inch deer and saying, "Man, he's it's gonna be really, really awesome next year." Or, or man, if he only had fronts, or if he only had that left side wasn't weak, you know. Right. I mean, that's how we're talking about deer that are huge uh, in in the scope of uh, all the way across the board, and yet we're nitpicking them because uh, you know, take for instance that buck that had 17 inches of antler that the that the uh, uh, division of, or uh, Colorado Parks and Wildlife officer that had the tag shot. 17 points. 17 points. What did I say? You said 17 inches of antler. Yeah, 17 <laughs> extra, yeah, 17 scoreable points on a 140 inch frame. I mean, that deer's still going to score in the mid 80s. And, you know, yeah, we, we thought about it for a little bit that first evening, but then we really never thought about it again. Right. Because he wasn't impressive. But then you look at the four point we saw, especially today, mm-hmm. that that deer, talk about wow factor. I mean, I've shot elk <laughs> that were smaller than that. <laughs> yeah. That deer is, is one of a kind. And... Uh, It'll be interesting to see what he turns out to be next year. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, today was the last day, so nobody right. shot him um, as long as he makes it through the winter. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a he's got a long ways to go, but he's a smart old buck. Yeah, for sure. Well, guys, I can't thank you enough, uh, Mike and Tanner, for being here on this adventure and for you, those of you listening for – following along if you were part of the the ig uh, story that we were doing uh you either pulled your hair out or i got lots of texts of people going what's going on did you kill him you know when we're talking about sitting on bucks that are you know bedded (laughs) down and this and that and um thanks for thanks for uh thanks for doing it guys heck yeah it was awesome awesome huh i wouldn't have missed it uh i had a i had an elk tag you know, burning a hole in my pocket, and <laughs> I, I, I've been finding sheds off of a, a really nice bull in a specific drainage, and so I got a four-season tag, you know, the latest I could hunt for him, and was planning on going in there, and as soon as you got this, I was like, well, <laughs> heck with that, we're, <laughs> we're hunting deer, so yeah. I wouldn't have missed it. Yeah, well... It's been fun, and it's it was a learning experience for me uh, stepping into that world, like I said before, of, of guys that are truly trophy hunters who will uh, eat a tag before they'll, uh, you know, shoot next year's crop, if you will. And and there is something to, to be said for management and the fact that, you know, there, a certain number of deer need to be taken out in order to make room for the next, you know, the next 
crop of, of bucks coming in or and does and all that stuff. You know, your, your management system is like a box. It's going to, you know, your, your habitat's going to, can only con- hold and can only handle so much. And you got to take some out to put some more in. So, you know, there, the, there is something to be said for shooting animals in order to maintain that balance. And, but I think there's also in it, especially in a unit like this, uh, there's not necessarily a need just to shoot any old buck. Yeah. Especially a young buck. Yeah. So, well, I hope you've enjoyed this. This is, uh, we're getting toward the end of our hunting season and, uh, you know, it's, it's been a good one. It's been a good one. And, and I hope you guys hang with us. We'll, uh, we'll keep you up to, up to, up to speed on, on, uh, what we're doing and what's going on. And, and as always, we want to encourage you to, and inspire you to, to find your wild, go out there and embrace it. And uh, thanks for listening. God bless.